0: We're continuing today in our study of Tehilim, Kufyud Gimel through Kufyud Chet, which is Hawel, in anticipation of both Yom Yerushalayim coming up a week from this Friday and of Shavuot coming up two weeks from this Friday. And uh, remains to be seen if we'll finish before Yom Yerushalayim, or before Shavuot, but let's start with this. We're at Perak per Kuftad which is another one of the two Prakim, just as Kuftad Vav, that is. Uh, traditionally split, and even uh, graphically in our Siddurim, often is written in different size type, because we um, we skip the first eleven sukim when we're saying Hallel as a Hag. We talked about this last time, uh, and here is that um, the, that story again. Rav Ekel the Bavel Chazina de Halila Right, Rav saw that they were saying Hallel and Rosh Chodesh, and he wanted to stop them. When he saw that they were skipping something, he said, "Ah, oh, it's minhag v'tem And then the Rambam, uh, we saw this already, but the Rambam points out here in Hilchot Chanukah, in Perakimel, that there are that there's a minhag to read um, Hallel on Rosh Chodesh and on the rest of the days of Pesach, and this minhag is only but sibur and not the Achid. Uh That means if you are davening alone on Rosh Chodesh, then you don't say it at all. And um, and the Rambam's position also is you do not make a bracha on this. We're going to touch on this topic in a minute. Um, but the Rambam says that in order to, uh, part of, as we saw in the Gemara, that we skip part of it. And then in the next halacha, he says, here's what we skip. Now, i just point out what the Rambam says. The Rambam says, how do we skip? We skip, we read from the beginning of halal until b'chalavishtu which means the two, first two paragraphs. Then v'daleg v'yomer Hashem Yisra'ah in yerach, which is exactly what we do. We skip v'olano, and then ad haleluya, When I come to R' Yom, v'yomer ma'ashiv v'adumai. Then you skip ahavti and say ma'ashiv, but you skip ad haleluya, I mean, you say ma'ashiv ad halleluya, but tochech risholaim halleluya. And then v'daleg v'yomer mina meitzer, which means you skip the whole halleluah to Hashem called but you also skip hodu Hashem, the back and forth hodu laHashem kitov. And then he says that's the common minhag and other places have other minhagim, which means the Rambam seems to be saying that the main thing to do is to skip something. In other words, as long as you're not saying a full halal, then it's okay to say it on these other days which are not commanded days of halal, i.e. Rosh Chodesh and Cholomoy Pesach and the last day of Pesach. Uh, One thing that we skipped over last time was the Rambam here says that because it's a minhag, to say halal on Rosh Chodesh and, and and rest of Pesach, you don't make a bracha because the Raman's position is that you do not make a bracha on a minhag, and that's based on a sugi in the fourth parak of Sukkah about uh, about Aravat. The ravad here says the following: vein And in the end of Hachot Brachot, the ravad already registered his protest against the Rambam about not saying a bracha on this. That's a separate issue. But the the Ravad here alludes to what he said in Hilchot Brachot, which is that, indeed, you do say a bracha, and as you know, this is actually a machloket of minhagim, the minhag of a dot mizrach is not to say a bracha on Rosh Chodesh. And so therefore, a week from Sunday, um, they what they'll do is, after they finish Shmon Esrei, they'll immediately just say, Hallelujah, and finish until the last Chodul Hashem Kitov, and then say the Kaddish, and there's no bracha before or afterwards. Uh, the Minhag Ashkenaz is to say a bracha, however, the Orch suggests that if you are dominating in a Minyan on Rosh Chodesh, it's preferable to listen to the Shliach Tzibur, say the bracha, and just say, Amen to avoid the conflict, and then continue with Hallel, And that indeed is what I do on Rosh Chodesh and for the uh, rest of Pesach after the first days. Okay, and now we want to get to our Perak, but I want to, at, along the way, point out what the logic is between behind the division of the Perak into two, the heinu, that we skip. When we want to have a skip, we skip this section here, the first 11 sukim, but we do read the last eight. Now, one thing to point out about this parak is the size of this parak is actually something subject to some discussion. In our traditional Tanakh and uh, in all the Tanakhim that I've seen printed, uh, and the way that we reckon it, this parak has 19 sukim. You see them in front of you, and they're divided in again graphically into the first 11 and the next eight because the first 11 are often smaller print and there's a little note there, don't say this on Rosh etc., and then Mashiv is bigger, Mashiv has some songs, <laughs> Mashiv is bigger, and Mashiv because it said, anytime they would say hello However, um, the Me'iri points out that, uh, in, in his version, this parak actually had 21 psukim. What are the 21 psukim? shabuchu kol that was all part of the parak. Now that's of course the answer to the very famous trivia question, which is what's the shortest parak in Tanakh, and the answer is Tilim Kufiyot Zayin to But that's if you regard that as a separate parak. Maimeri suggests it was actually part of the uh, part of this parak. Uh, by the way, he, I'm, I'm suggesting maybe he didn't have the word Hallelujah here at the end of parak pasuk uh, Yotet because it's not the end of the parak, and that, that by the way fits in with something that I mentioned a couple weeks ago or a couple sessions ago about this that uh, how many Prakim of Tehillim do we have in the entire collection? So ask anybody on the street, they'll tell you 150. However, if you look at some very late Midrashim, they suggest that there were 147 Prakim of Tehillim, corresponding to the 147 years of Yaakov's life, which would mean that the collection of Tehillim that we have was broken up differently, such that the same text that's divided into 150 Mizmorim was divided differently into 147. And that's not so unusual because the Gomorrah already does that. The Gomorrah makes the uh, makes the claim that Perak Aleph and Bet of Telem were originally one Perak. and that then, for whatever reason, was divided. There's good reason to think that Parak Tet and Yod were originally one Parak, and that at some point got divided. Um, and so, um, if also if you looked at, at the Septuagint, the Septuagint, the way that they number the the Thilim, is also one off here, so that for instance, austria which we have, is 145, is there 146? So and and the reality is that many Pakim of could be uh, divided differently or presented differently. And I'll give you one other example for something we're all familiar with, which is uh Parak Kufmem Zayin, that we see every day in Psukedizimra. Gitov that one that ends with Amagitvrav the If you look at it, you can see Either one parak—that's what we're used to. You could see two prakim, or you could see three prakim. And indeed, the Septuagint divides that into two prakim, Shabchiru Shalaim being the beginning of the next parak. Because the reality is that there's a lot of different ways to divide them. When you have a clear marker, like Hallelujah at the beginning, Hallelujah at the end, that makes it a little easier to see it as a um, as a separate parak with a clear end and beginning. Okay, now to our parak, and we have to accomplish. Our usual four goals that we have with Teelim. The first is to make sure we understand the words. Then we have to understand the structure of the parak, which actually is fairly walks itself. The third is we have to understand what the message is of the parak. And then, of course, whenever we're dealing with the liturgical parak, meaning a parak we use in our liturgy, what's it doing there? Why is it there? So the answer to the fourth question is going to be a little bit, not exactly a no brainer but it's sort of an automatic thing because it's part, it's folded into the prakim that we say in HALAL. So I'm going to rephrase that fourth question as, why is this part of HALAL? Meaning, why do these prakim of HALAL include this sentiment? So we have to see what it is. I'm going to add a fifth question that really is a question you always have to ask when you're studying t which is, who composed it? Or shall we say, who's saying it? Now, I don't; I'm not looking for a name or social security number. What I mean is, the parak reflects somebody who has gone through a particular experience or is going through an experience. <laughs> what experience? All right? So for instance, Yaakov, <laughs> parak that we say every day is clearly about going to war. If you look at the parak, it's a war war parak. Right? Uh <laughs> is clearly it's tefillat of sorts. A person's on a journey. Right? And so the question is what's the setting? of this particular parak. But let's start from the beginning, go through it, make sure we understand the words. By the way, the words in this parak are not easy. all right. And again, it suffers from the same problem that we have with many paraketilim, is we're so familiar with them, and the words roll off our lips, that we don't pay attention how difficult the words are. All right, so we start from the beginning, and it is clearly a new parak, because the previous line was, v'anachtu nevarachiyam, Hallelujah. And it was a response to the cult of the dead, and it was a blessing for fertility, and everything we saw uh, two weeks ago when we looked at the previous parak, And so now, ahavti ki yishma adunai ekoli nunai. You understand the difficulty in the first word. Ahavti means I love. I love what? So now, a lot of that will depend on how you translate the word ki. Is ki because? Ki is when? Ki is, is if? Well, what does it mean? But either way you slice it, the word ahafti is difficult because ahafti needs to take an object. Ahavti aruchat ahafti Ahavti et Hashem, Ahavti et ishti, whatever it is. Ahavti is missing what it is you love. So if you say it's Ahavti kishma Adonai, in other words, I love the fact that God listens to me, then it should have been Ahavti bishmo Hashem. I love God listening to me. Right? So there's there's something a little bit awkward about the wording. And the end of the pasuk is, et koli tachanunai. Now, it's also awkward, because God listens to what? He listens to my voice, and then tachanunai is my petition. But you understand the problem here. Is it et koli, and he also listens to my petition, then it should be et koli, et tachanunai. If, on the other hand, he listens to the voice of my petition, it should be et kol tachanunai. And besides which, as we have other elsewhere in Tilin, you might have argued, you should have said, Bekol like, "shmadunai be'koli." But we can work around that last problem, but still, what is it that it's being expressed here? So, Ibn Ezra quotes somebody who suggests that the yod at the end of Koli is actually an enclitic yod, meaning a poetic yod, like you have in Moshevi uh, in, Echera uh, Tabayit and Mekimim Yafradal, which means the word really is at kol tachnunai. That would solve the problem. We still have the larger problem with the Ahavti. It gets more difficult in the next pasuk. Kiita ta oznoli, and here ki seems to be because he has lent his ear towards me, meaning God is attending to me, and that's, again, God listening to me, uviyamayakra. Now, uviyamayakra, I mean, I don't know how they translate it in English. I didn't put a translation there because they're all awkward. But Uviamai cry literally means I call out in my days. What does that mean? So Tursinai makes a suggestion here on both Ahavti and Uviyamayi, which actually brings this into a real strong relief. He says, first of all, let's think what the setting is. Here's somebody who clearly has experienced something difficult and called out to God and God listened to him. And as a matter of fact, God listened to him, and therefore he's in the Mikdash. What's he in the Mikdash doing? Thanking God. Matter of fact, what's the best way to thank God you come to the Mikdash for God listening to you and helping you out of trouble? It's called korban todah. That's what you're supposed to do. So he suggests that a hafti is really a, what we call sikul otiot, a metathesis where the letters are jumbled of the word heveti. Meaning, I brought a korban, ki yishma Adonai, kolitachunai. I brought a korban, because God listened to my petition. And now, that sounds a little awkward, but then take a look at the next phrase. Ki no li, The word yamai has everybody confused. And everybody has a different take on it, because it's hard to figure out. First thing, I suggest that yamai, and by the way, we're not, un, we're not unused to Aramaisms in the biblical text. I mean, in the Hebrew part of the biblical text. You have it in Vezot HaBrachah, Atami Rivot Kodesh, it's an Aramaic word. We have in Aramaisms in Bilam's Brachot. And in poetry especially, we're going to have Aramaisms. The word Yoma, or Yama'i, in Aramaic means to take an oath. Uh, take a look in unkus whenever it's these spots Ome. So he suggests that what it means is, Uviyama'i Akra, meaning, I called out to him with an oath. Meaning? I, pled to, I pleaded before God, I called to God, and I made an oath. What was the oath, of course? If God helps, helps me, I'm going to bring a korban. That's the oath. And we're going to see how that plays out throughout the parrach. Now, and that, that's the introduction. By the way, in any way you slice it, those first two psukim are an introduction. And then Pasuk Gimel begins a description of what he went through. So he says, Afafuni clearly means to surround me. I was surrounded by... Mavet. Now Mavet seems to mean pangs of death, although that's a strange phrase. But it may mean bonds of death, like ropes that are trying to drag me down. And that fits with the next unusual phrase, um shaol mitsauni. Now notice, by the way, the the alliteration. Mitzarei mitsauni Tsara, in the next part. Right, which give, gives us a feeling about Mitzrayim, maybe, perhaps. Mitzare Shaol, the the, the, the the narrow area towards Shaol. Shaol of course is death, is the underground, the, the world of the dead. Mitzahuni. So mitzareh shaol is also a difficult word. So it's the suggestion, I and I recommend the suggestion is mitzare from Litzror, meaning to tie. And, and matches Hevlei Mavet, so now you have a perfect parallelism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and parallel to is The knots, meaning like there's ropes of Shoal that are trying to drag me down, and Mitsa'uni, they found me, which means like wherever I go, I'm, I'm this thing is nailing me. Which wherever I turn, death is there. Saravi meaning they found me. And what did I find? Notice Mitsauni and Msa. the ropes of death found me. And so Tsaravyagon, pain and suffering I found. So what happened? Uvashem Akra. Now, this is an unusual thing, and I'm sure you've all been sensitive to it. What kind of way is that to start a sentence? Uvashem shame Akra. But you'll see that it he's setting it up at, to create a um a, a parallel a parallel, an inclusio really, with uh, a later Pasukas we'll see in a moment. I called out in God's name. And what did I say? Malta is a poetic form of Malate. Hashem, please save my life. And now he makes an observation about what happened to him. God is gracious. God is righteous. And he is compassionate, which he's saying because I called out to God, please save me. And he's interjecting praise for God because guess what? God saved him, and then he has yet another observation about God. Shomer Ptaiim Adonai. Now, a peti, a word which is a popular Mishlei word, is a fool, but a peti is really a corruptible person. That's what it means, because he's easily seduced. So, somebody who's easily seduced, meaning somebody who's not doesn't have strong will and a strong backbone and is easily corrupted by sin. God protects him. Now, does that mean God protects him when he sins? Because God says, never, he's not so strong. What does it mean God protects him from sin? So let's see the second half of that pasuk. Daloti Now, daloti means I became low. Does it mean I became low in sin? Or I became low in my stature because of the affliction of that? But veliyoshia, he saved me. So however it is, it's somebody who was recognizing that it was his own failure to be strong, to have self-control, to not sin, that led him to this place of danger where death was knocking at his door, and he called out to God, and God who was compassionate, didn't let me go all the way down. And then he says, nafshi ki Adonai Now, menuchaychi and alaychi are sort of archaic Suffixes for minuchatech and alayich, but it also fits the poem, the, the, the rhyme of shuvi, right? So that sort of feel, but meaning my, my life should restore itself, and it's as if I'm talking to my soul, to myself, and saying, Return to your rest, not rest as in death, but rest as in calmness, don't be so afraid. Why? Because God has had now. Gamal is a little unstranger. So most we shown him read it as God has had has paid you, meaning paid you in, in in kindness. The Malian has an interesting take here. He says Gamal actually means to repay appropriately, meaning a reward or punishment. And he and he says what the person is saying is a brilliant insight. What the person is saying, I told myself, relax because whatever God's doing to you is just. And if you're suffering right now, that's just suffering. And by the way, it means you'll be out of it when the suffering's over and you will have paid your debt, as it were. And now he says, he says, (laughs) And he turns back to God. And he says, you saved my life from death. Moreover, you saved my eyes from crying. You saved my legs from falling down. In other words... He says, not only did you save me from death, and this is what he's declaring here in the Mikdash, you even sa- saved me from pain. You even sa- saved me from going in the wrong direction. Which means now I can declare, et alech lifnei ha-chayim. I can walk, not crawl, walk in the presence of God in the land of the living. Now, we like to make also Josh's about it. chayim being Allah Bar, H. Israel. Simple re- read is I didn't die. I'm in the land of the living. I'm here in this world and I'm able to walk in this world. And then he has a reflection about how he was feeling when this was going on, when he was in trouble. He says, And Kiyad means when. I really believed it when I said, now, this is a prophetic statement. He said, "Ani anita I was really suffering, meaning. I really believed it when I said. I'll tell you in a minute what I said, but I was really suffering when I said this. So look at those two together. Meaning, I believed it when I was speaking, when I was really in trouble. And what did I say? Now I'm not sure how they how translations deal with kol hadam kozev, and I'm sure there's some variations. But we would normally translate that as. All men are liars. But, unfortunately, in Tilim, that's actually a legitimate position, not an errant position. Think about Tilim Kuf Mem Vav, that we say right after Asherah every morning, right? Al-Tiv Divim, don't trust people. Right? So I think what Kol HaDam Kosev here is a different Kol HaDam. It doesn't mean all people. Think about the most famous Kol HaDam, which is, of course, the end of Kohelet. Kizek kol adam. Kol adam doesn't mean all people. It means entire existence of a person. Ani when I was in trouble, I said, kol adam kozev. My entire life is ridiculous. My entire life is senseless. My entire life is meaningless. But I said it when I was in trouble. I said it when I was depressed, when I was worried, when I was... And now that God has saved me, and then I've realized that when I called out to God... God had compassion over me. And again, we have no idea what this guy was going through. Whatever it was, was clearly a mortal danger. He made an oath to bring a korban. And now, when he brings the korban, he's telling a story. And this is his story, like we saw in Tilim Lamed. Same thing. A person's bringing a korban, and they're telling a story about what God did for them, which is why they're in the Mikdash bringing this korban. And that's part of the todah. Part of the todah is telling people about it, and publicizing Hashem's name. It's interesting halacha, just as an aside, but not just an aside, such, such an aside, a korban todah is a shlamim. Shlamim are normally eaten for two days and the night in between. Korban todah must be eaten that day. Now imagine, you've got a cow. How do you eat a cow in a day? Alright, so there's chalavim on the on the chazim to the coin, it doesn't matter. How do you eat a cow in a day? So the answer is very simple. You have Thousand people at a party. You invite everybody you know and everybody you don't know and all the anim, all your shalim, they come together and you bring the, the, the cow out and you start at nine o'clock in the morning in a big party. And every once in a while, what do you do? You get up and say, Tell a story. And over the course of that day, how many thousands of people come through your party and they hear the story and you publicize Nisei Hashem? And so he says, that's what I, I was thinking my life was meaningless, and what I now came to realize as a result of Hashem saving me is, every step is meaningful. Every moment is meaningful. And this is where I am. And so then, what did I say to myself? Ma How can I possibly bring something back to Hashem? For all the things, again, Gamal, that He has paid me. All the things Hashem has done, how can I possibly pay Him? So the answer is to this first. First of all, I'm going to pick up a cup of salvation. This may mean literally. A cup of wine to thank Hashem Baruch Now notice, here closes off. Uvashem Adonai in Pasuk Dawid near the beginning of the parak, introduces his whole story, what he went through. And now, after he's been saved, he asks, How can I possibly pay Hashem? The answers of Hashem Adonai Akra. And notice how critical this is. I called out to God when I was in trouble. I call out to God when I'm saved. I call out to God and say, please. And then I say, thank you. Uh, a teacher of mine was a Tzanchan. And he told me that all the Tzanchanim, even the ones who weren't observant, before they would jump, they would say that special Tefillat Taderach that was composed for Tzanchanim. And he reminded them, okay, you say that when you jump, but when you land, you should also say todah. Very powerful thing. This is Uvashem Adonai in Thanksgiving. And now what does he declare? Nedarai Ned there shalem What nedar? Whenever there's a nedar, nedar can be two kinds of nedarim. There's nedarim in Rasechat nedarim, which is abstaining. And there's nedarim in Kodshim, which is to bring a korban. Anytime you talk about the shalein, that's talking about a korban. I made a neder, and I'm going to bring my neder. by the way, which is connects very much with the end of the second parak of Yonah. All right? Asher nadarti ashaleima. That which I committed to, I will pay. That's the korban. Negdan al-chol This is what I was just talking about. I'm going to bring my korban in pre- the presence of everybody. And then he says this online line, yakar be'inei adonai Now, the word yakar has almost two opposite meanings that are one. Which means it's very heavy, in the sense of it's very precious, or it's very, it's very, um, a great concern, a great like weight in a negative way. When Hashem's followers, Hashem's chassidav, die, it's yakar b'nei Adonai, and he may be saying that because he's saying I'm identifying as one of chassidei Hashem, and Hashem did not want to lose me. It was very precious to him. I was very precious to him, and he didn't want to lose me. There's a very heavy price to pay. And so I feel comfortable in that company, and I'm honored to be in that company, but I identify myself in that company, and therefore I'm still here. And then he turns around, and in the middle of all of this Thanksgiving, goes back to tefillah. But that's not unusual. In the next pair in the big next pair Kuf we'll see it again. In the middle of Zer, Yom HaSadonai Neginu the next pasuk is, Anah Yashi, and so he says, Anadunai, Anad, please. Ti aniav yes, I'm one of Hasidashem, but I am Neabdecha. I am your servant. My mom was your servant. My parents are loyal to you. Pitachdel the Mosairai. You have opened my bonds, meaning I was held down, whether it was held down by affliction or held down by sin, you have unfettered it. And therefore, l'cha ezbach, here we go, z'avach toda. here's your korban t'odah, and now v'shem Hashem Akra comes back again. The v'shem Hashem Akra at the beginning was, I call out to God in pain. The v'shem Hashem Akra here is, I call it to God in just spontaneous thanksgiving. And here it's a formal thank you with the korban. And he repeats, Publicly, But I believe that what he's saying here is, this is what I said back then when I was thanking God, because what did I commit to? Where am I going to do it? I'm going to do it right in Hashem's yard, right in Hashem's azara. Right in the midst of Yerushalayim. And then everybody answers, Hallelujah. What we see in this gorgeous parak, and you understand why we break it where we do, because we pick it up with the Thanksgiving part. We don't really want to be afflicted by the painful part of it. What we see in this parak is an individual having experienced salvation, coming to the Mikdash, telling his story, telling that he committed to bring a korban in Yerushalayim to thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu publicly. When, if Hashem saves him, and Hashem did save him, and now he's fulfilling his nadir, he's doing it publicly for several reasons. He's doing it, first of all, because he wants to publicize Hashem's chesed and rachamim for him. Second of all, he wants to inspire people that they should react the same way. Third of all, he wants people to never give up. Shomer Hashem, don't worry. You make a mistake, Hashem will take care of no, you. Hashem is going to rachum you. It was rachum for me. And fourth of all, I think he wants to inspire people to bring korbanot. Now, why is this in Hallel? The reality is we just answered that question. Because all of Hallel is about thanking our Kaddish Baruch Hu for saving us. Thanking our Kaddish Baruch Hu for redeeming us from the whatever straits we were in. And whether it's the straits of Avdut Mitzrayim, or it was the straits of 1967, or the straits of 1948, at whatever point we say Hallel, we're thanking our kurtz baruch Hu for that and he is this this petitioner is giving us the strongest clearest model of how we ought to be doing that and uh and now we have the beautiful words with which to praise our kurtz baruch Hu.